Okay. This is the Average Fellas Podcast. I hope you got your coffee ready. Let's talk some business. I had a vision of success and where I wanted to be. And I had never, I had never owned my own business. I had never worked for myself. And when I was ready, I told him, you know, I'm sorry I had to leave your company, but I need to start my own, my own dream. Because it's a business. We're a business too. Right. Like, invest in yourself. You know, don't, don't just... I mean, they replaced the refrigerator with, like, one of those fancy coffee makers. Hey, good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Average Fells Podcast. I'm your host, Odie Zach, coming to you live all the way from Riverside, California, on another beautiful Monday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's right. It's Monday morning. Hey, drop by the website, www.averagefells.com. You can check out the coffee subscription we got there. That's a four-ounce bag for $12.99 plus a shipping fee. All right, no, it's $12.99 with a shipping fee. And then there's the 12-ounce bag for $14.99. Uh, plus a shipping fee, so um, which comes out to about uh, $19.99 with the, with the shipping fee for that 12-ounce uh, bag of specialty craft roasted coffee at our website. Hey, if you need a YouTube banner design or if you need a logo or a simple graphic, drop by the website. We do have some uh, some things going on there with uh, with graphics and, uh, and, and and other kind of content creation things. So uh, drop by the website, www.averagefellas.com. We got small business solutions for you there. Okay, so I think I got that all done in less than a minute, so we're uh, let's get into the episode guys today we have an awesome episode i got two of my boys on the call with me and when i mean when i say boys i mean like two of my boys like there if there's anybody who's you know gonna be on the podcast who's probably seen me at my worst performance and my best performance it's probably these these guys um here so i'm excited to have them on the chat today and um so they're familiar voices because they've both been on the chat uh, on the on the podcast so uh, without any further ado guys i uh give to you or bring to you i don't know how to introduce you guys uh, my friend nick stockdale and my boy pat gomes what's going on my guys i like how i'm the friend but he's the boy <laughs> that's kind of didn't really you know, like that I, but that's fine. so how does that hierarchy work really? like, yeah i feel like boy for sure i mean higher. Okay, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be honest with you guys. How you guys appear on my screen right now is I got Pat at the top, and then I got Nick right here. No, I'm just kidding. So then that Damn. is yeah, boys at the top. Got it. Just making sure. Yeah, boys definitely not. <laughs> I like it. how Nick just turned his camera off. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear the slander. Gosh, man, I totally I already ruined the interview. All right, off to a good start. I'm loving it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, well, hey man, I'm glad to have you guys here on 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 the podcast on a Monday morning. Um, hey Nick, congratulations, man! Uh, last time we had a call, we talked about music and kids. You had another kid. Wow, man! Congrats I, on I that, did. man. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, another num- number two, Get a little boy this time. So, you know, I'm thinking we'll probably get some sort of like little white stripes type band going once they get a little older. Because my daughter, dude, my daughter on the drum set is a savage. Straight nice. like John Bonham. Like, yeah. Oh, dude. Keith Moon. <clears throat> a little bit of Neil Peart. Yeah. She's dude, a savage on the drums, bro. I saw the videos and I was like, oh, man, this kid's actually going to be a drummer. Oh, yeah, God. dude. she's She's got the instinct, too. She's She really, like she doesn't just sit like on the snare or anything. She goes the whole fucking thing, all the toms, all the, all the symbols. Yeah. She was doing paradiddles and I was like, what the heck? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. She's, she loves it too. She just sits up there for fuck man. As long as you'll let her. That's awesome, man. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's obviously, great. you know, you got Uncle Pat here who could teach her how to, you know, yeah, how to do, how to do a few things. I think yeah, we had already talked things. about that once, once before too, actually. Yeah, I do remember that now that you're saying it. So once they get once they get a little bit older, yeah, Uncle Pat will have to give them a, a lesson or two. Once hey, they man. don't look at me like stranger danger. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, the my son. Well, yeah, my daughter. I, it's just because you don't come by as often nowadays. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, once she gets a little bit older, you know, she's only one and a half, so. Exactly. exactly. She's still a baby. She'll get there. That's awesome, man. Well, congrats, congrats on your on your boy, man. Uh, that's uh, that's glad Thanks, to man. hear. That's glad to hear that you're adding to the to the band. <laughs> um, yeah, getting uh, getting the. That's what I'm talking about. Whoop. So, hey, yeah. man, I wanted to. Uh, I, I just wanted I wanted to chat with you guys today because I thought this would be a really cool interview or a really good episode where we would be able to get sort of the perspective of a studio engineer and an artist if that makes any sense. So uh, in the past, I brought you on Pat as a studio engineer and we chatted it up about like what your passion is and like what you like when you get to the studio, what drives you to to do what you do, you know, uh, produce music uh, and, and other things too. And, and Nick, last time we chatted, we talked about your passion for music and guitars and what really inspires you as a musician and, and, and that itch sort of that you're chasing artistically we sort of we talked about those things um so i thought it would be fitting to bring you guys on because you both have worked together in the past actually pat you helped produce uh, uh some of nick's projects in the past and i thought that it'd be cool to bring you guys on to kind of talk about that dynamic and how you guys work through your project because i think the listeners would like to hear what that looks like for a team to sort of be built like i, I sort of was a diy sort of like team at first but now I think obviously there was a learning process through that and getting to the point, what did you learn through that process? Sort of, I want to unpack today. So, um, I, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Does that sound interesting? <laughs> yeah. That sounds sounds good to me. I, I mean, it, it, you, you've, you've said, what did you call it? It's like, you're, you're playing with like loaded dice right now because you know, ahead of time <laughs> that me and Pat are like the tag team dream team of all time. Uh, when it comes to this exact this topic i was gonna say we probably had this conversation a lot <laughs> well yeah. i mean that's i then that's exactly why i need to get it on the podcast man it needs there to be out go. here for us i mean this i learn a lot by hearing the podcast i learn a lot from just by talking to people on the podcast i get a lot of my best ideas by having conversations with people and then taking that to whatever it is that i'm doing so you know i want to pick your guys's brain on what makes you guys you know get to the next level in your process of creating. I, you know, if, I don't know if that works there because you both need each other in a partnership to build or to be creative and to execute, you know, that dream, that thing that you have in your mind. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I guess, I don't, I mean, I guess the best place to start really is <clears throat> how do Nick, what are you looking for? Like when you, as an artist, where do you go when you start writing a project, what are you looking for? And I know you brought Pat on as sort of like a, a producer who in, in all, in, I guess in reality really was a producer creatively too, and also gave you a lot of feedback. So can you talk about that and how that kind of worked itself out? Yeah. I mean, you know, when, when I, I feel like with Pat, it was kind of always just like, he was already there. 
like through so many other parts of the like writing and like just the formation of the bands and everything like that mm-hmm. to the point where it was so like like natural for him to just continue on even further into the producing and writing aspect of the projects you know like the good thing about pat is that he pretty much is just like good ideas all the time he never he doesn't have bad ideas and and he's he's really willing to you know kind of put you make you think about things in a way that you probably wouldn't especially as the creator like if you're the artist and you are you're you're writing a song or you've written a song you're usually by the time you're bringing it to a producer or to the recording studio you're like this is pretty much done and pat is really good at at listening to what you've got and saying hey well did you think about trying this or maybe you should do this instead and you know as long as you're willing to give it a try you know a lot of the times when when we were writing stuff everything pat told me or suggested you know we did it and it sounded better and it's what ended up being on on whatever record it was so and and for me like that was it was fun just going to the practices and the songs resonated with me they were they were good songs you know and that was when they were just a three piece it was uh, damn good dogs early you know kind of in between fur drive and damn good dogs mm-hmm. it was nick daniel and junior and the songs as just the three piece were crazy to me i thought they were just it's crazy that this is the sound coming from three people yeah and uh, you know so we did a real rough gorilla recording in the garage one day you know the band didn't even have a name yet we did like a fake name you know on on the file and i saved it on my computer and just listen to it, you know, thinking like, oh, man, we could do something cool with this. And then later on, you know, I guess I had showed one too many people that recording. So uh, a buddy of ours, Alex, heard it and said, I love this. I need to record guitar to this. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, they already got guitar, you know. So he goes and makes a lead over the entire uh, three or four song demo recording that we had from the garage. And it it came out kind of cool. I mean, cool enough that we all said, hey, whoa, maybe we should think about this guy being on, on guitar. And sure enough, the guys tried him out. And he he made it in the band and made it on the, the actual recorded record. On the squad, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he'd probably be another good one to have here too. He'd probably. Yeah, I, I need to. I gotta hit him up, say. dude. I need to. Yeah, hit you him gotta up. get Alex. Dude, every you time, gotta get Alex. Every time, Pat, you said that last time, and I hear I'm saying it again. I gotta get him on. <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's funny because me and Nick agree on a lot of things, and me and Alex disagree on a lot of things. Dude, so, it's the funniest. The three of us together is a mess. You know. So when Nick and I were making this. The, I think the album that I'm talking about, the Damn Good Dog one, we were a lot more on the same page. We had, like, you know, this idea that just kind of formed itself in both of our eyes at the same time. And Alex, on the other hand, was, like, kind of a different idea that forced us to kind of do what Nick said I was doing for him, think differently. Mm-hmm. And it, it ended up being a really cool, uh, you know, collage of all of our thoughts. You know, you know what I just realized? 
But. Maybe the reason why I like working with Pat so much is because he's actually just a yes man. Oh, great. And he's wow. just been telling me that my, sh- my, fired, my shit bro. is fire. My shit is fire the whole time. Oh, and it's actually Alex that I should be praising. Oh, my God. No. Yeah, we need to get Alex on here. I, just just try and add him in the call right now. Yo, Come on. Jeez. Oh, man. Yeah, we got to get, the, get rid of this guy. No, oh, don't man. try. Don't try. Don't try. I'm not ready for that. Okay. I okay, know, right? Okay. He'd, be, he'd be at work. He'd be like, why are you asking old song? Uh, yeah but but yeah that's a good point pat i didn't even think about that especially i don't know i i don't know how all how different every band is because you know it's not like pat or pat like junior and daniel i mean maybe it's just a guitarist thing because it's not like junior and daniel were like oh dude we should totally try and do this you know what i mean it was pretty much just you me and alex making those kinds of calls yeah junior and daniel really focus on getting everything on their end like being the rhythm section as tight as possible and yeah which is why there was nothing we could say because it was perfect we as it was yeah had no issues with the rhythm section like that there they was... recorded that entire ep in like two days and both of them flawlessly yeah. yeah first try first takes and you're just right. like oh, okay well this is isn't that kind of this is gonna leave us that's kind of subconsciously what the drummer and bass player do already. They just and they already know that in order for them to hold a spot, they got to keep it tight. So they're just like, let's be the foundation and let's not move. Let's just be the rock, you know. <laughs> so, and you know, we couldn't have picked two better guys to do that because yeah. I mean, Junior being you know a marching band for years and years and years has this internal metronome that's un, you know no one can compare to it. Yeah, and Daniel has this this crazy way of making that bass guitar fill in spaces that you didn't know needed to be filled in. Yeah, and it just it works. No, you know you know what the thing about Daniel is. Daniel is he he's a, he's this weird mixture of growing up like getting his beginnings in the garage with us as like a, a you know when we were like fourteen, fifteen, thirteen. Yeah, and then also going to a school that taught him music theory, and oh, like having yeah. an and and having like a and performing playing with other musicians who were like you know had knew some stuff. Yeah, and then coming back to the garage and just being like, "Yo, I could do some crazy things if you guys let me." And we're just like, "Yeah, dude, just do whatever you want. We don't, <laughs> yeah, just do whatever you want. Yeah. We're gonna, we're we're turning you down in the mix anyway. It's fine. Just do whatever oh, you want. It's okay. God, don't say that." That's, oh I know God, it's a joke because funny. we definitely turned Daniel up in the mix a lot. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. We we. But like that's that's that the thing about Daniel. There. That's hundred percent the thing about Daniel is that he got started in the streets with us. He went and got a little bit of that higher education, yeah. and then came back down and was like, "Hey, can I do this crazy Let stuff?" Let me school like, my yeah. boys. Let me school yeah, my boys. Yeah, and of course, with you guys. and and it's like he's like schooling us on a on a bass guitar. So it's, we're like, yeah, cool. You, the day yeah, I saw cool. Daniel start trying to play uh, Follow Troy on guitar, I was like, oh my gosh, this sucks. Now I'm a terrible guitar player. And then I was just like, okay, well, I got one thing that not a lot of people got. I can scream in a microphone and make it sound kind of cool, right? So <laughs> that's what that's made like it. me. That's like me with anytime I, I'm around Pat and he has a guitar. I'm like, oh, here's the producer main instrument is drum set. And he's making me, be- he's a better guitar player than me, making me look like an idiot. I'm like, bro, put that down, please. <laughs> don't I, I, pick don't that up again. I want to talk yeah, about that. I, know. <laughs> I want to talk about that. I want to talk about those qualifications, those that experience like that you guys are laying down 
especially in the record it shows like especially in that in that damn good dog ep that you guys put together like it shows a lot of the insight that you've had that you've it's taken years of experience to kind of like put in your brain right and even exploiting daniel and junior as musicians like picking up what they can put down you know what i'm saying and knowing you having the knowledge and the intuition to be like, yo, that's what they do. And let me flex that for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what a producer does. I want to talk about that a little bit. Cause that seems to me that like, those were the kinds of things that you were doing, Pat. I want to talk about that a bit. Talk to me about those pieces in the band that you were trying to flex that you were looking at that you saw Nick and you're like, this is what I see. How did you coach those little pieces out of him? Can you talk about that a little bit? With Nick specifically or with each or just with the case? project, the project really, because I'm going to link the project again to this episode so people can hear it. And um, yeah. I mean, it's a really it before before we carry on listeners, if you if it's damn good dog, I'll link it in. I'll link it in the bio of this episode. Um, there is a really uh, there's a niche sort of sound that's going on here that Nick targeted that he crafted and wrote that they, the project really put together, they draw, that they focused in on this. And Nick, talk about that real quick, just before we continue with that question, what was the genre that you really wanted to focus in on with that project? Yeah. Uh, I just really quickly want to say I pay like $10 a month or a, or a year. I pay money every, every, you know, once a year or every month for that music to stay on iTunes and like <laughs> Spotify. So please listen to it. Yes. Because, <laughs> Because otherwise, I'm just paying for myself to be able to listen to my own music. Uh, hey, that's hey, I listen to it. I listen to it. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm like, I really am just using it to be like, oh, that's right, I played music one time. <laughs> uh, no, Zach. Uh, but to answer your question, I guess it's like, how, I'm sorry. The question was more like, how did I hone in on that particular? Yeah, that like, that that sound, that idea. Oh man. Yeah, that I vision. mean, you know, we talked about it. I think we talked about it briefly last time. I def you and on the podcast, but maybe even for sure in person. You know, it was kind of just the uh, the natural progression for me as a musician and like as a and becoming a writer, and um, you know, just taking the music that I was listening to a lot and 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 being like this is what i like this is how i feel comfortable expressing my thoughts or feelings or emotions or whatever and this is and it sounds good you know and and i just kind of did that and and it ended up you know i bring it to the band and i'm like hey you guys want to do this and they're like yeah this is cool so here you go and so you i mean you the thing is like you talked about some of your influences that were kind of like there was like the tone that you guys were i, I guess i want to go into like a like a what do you call it like uh, a sound gosh. the sound itself it, it's it's a very niche type of um like american football um what, oh, i wish i wish thank it, you uh, give me give me give, i'm talking about like like yeah um, that it's i wish, like, it, it's I like wish we had jetpacks yes it's like that midwest emo shit that yeah. midwest i mean emo that was sort of, of the, there is there is if you have a guilty pleasure for like that midwest emo sort of genre like i really think that your project sort of fits in that perfectly and uh and i think Abs it was executed yeah. well i think it was really executed for that market like perfectly so talking about that getting your your emotions and like what you talked about like the, the the creative side of it putting it together in something that was recognizable and be like wow this tone is there like this is what it is you know pat you've yeah. kind of seen a you you've seen that 
as a producer, mm-hmm. how did you coach that out of him? How did you polish that for him? Because I'm that's what I want to really get down to is that, you know, this is him. This is his project. This is Nick's project. You're the you're the producer on that, and like you definitely had a hand in getting that out of him. Well, you know, it was a little bit different for me because at that time, um, they had decided as a band that Nick was going to be the singer. Yeah. When I had mentioned that um, demo recording earlier, there was no. Um, oh no, I think Nick was starting to sing at that point, and that was yeah, it was awful. It's so and, bad. And we've listened to the comparisons. You can kind of hear, yeah, he he's definitely not the singer that he is now. But encouraging that and like just saying, dude, just keep doing it, just keep doing it. And I think him commuting to work, you know, an hour and a half a day, screaming in the car, probably helped. You know, honestly, actually, Pat, now that you bring that up, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. That's probably the thing Pat helped me with the most during this whole situation. What's that process was was being was making me feel more confident and more comfortable as a singer, for sure. Well, and especially because, because I, I. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you, you go, you go, you go. Well, because I heard the bands that you were listening to and I you know, was starting to kind of get familiar with the style that was new to me. Yeah. And I was like, Nick can do this easy, you know, and like, cause I, it sounded like you were already there. It just needed the practice, which was literally just going through the songs over and over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if recording was that practice or if we got enough done in the pre-production phase, but whatever came out in the recording, I was thrilled with it at that point. The difference between the actual album and the demo was I mean, more than night and day. It was like decades apart, it seemed like. Yeah, I agree. That's how I felt. It's the exact same way. So, And, and then, was... you know, it was kind of the same thing with everyone else, too, in that sense. Like, again, we had mentioned we didn't really have to say much to Dan or Junior because they both, you know, their rhythm was impeccable. And I'll say it again. Junior's timing was perfect. And Dan made that bass feel like two basses somehow, you know. <laughs> Oh, wow, and, that yep, sounds yep. awesome. <laughs> Double tracked I mean, all his own shit. Yeah, no, he really did. He, he made that thing all over the place while staying in the pocket somehow. It, it's kind of this weird anomaly that happened that's just, like, really nice on those recordings. And then with Alex, you know, like I had mentioned, we kind of butted heads here and there. But as much as we joke about it, when he hears an idea that he thinks is good, whether it's from him or someone else, he runs with it. And he makes it into what it, what it kind of became and you can hear with the um the lead guitar on that album that it, it's very creative you know it, it's got a, a lot of ideas that neither nick nor me nor daniel or junior would have thought of and we we're really lucky to have that <clears throat> input i yeah i, I think i was gonna say speaking on specifically that thing about alex that is the beauty of of me Alex and Pat all working together in a collective like this is because we all have come from really different, not really different, but pretty significantly different uh, styles of music that we played or were interested in listening to. <clears throat> and, and I feel like that was really noticeable when you, when you listen to the music because, or even during what, just the writing process, because Alex and Pat are making suggestions to me that I would have never thought to do because I didn't, you know, maybe that's just not as something that maybe that's not something that happens in the kind of music that I listen to, but it does in the other kind. Right. And sometimes it works like that. 
Exactly. Yeah, just put them together. Yeah, dude. It, it's true. And I remember like when I first started really learning how to write music, I would take pieces. I, th- I think I think I talked to you about this, Nick. We talked about this. It'd be like maybe a year worth of notes. And then one day I would find a piece that fit with another piece. And then boom, all of a sudden here came a song. And then it'd be like all my friends would be like, oh, my God, you wrote you wrote nine songs in like one year. I was like, dude, I wrote like 20. But like out of those 29 came out of it, you know learning those little like that getting those like building those chops like in the early days and learning that you know not just as a musician but as like a facilitator of music because i started working with music in the church and stuff like that trying to get everybody on the same page even if they're different skill levels was always difficult for me so like being like for you pat how did that transition from like where did that come from where you like what are you what are the skills skill levels that are the skills that you look at that were really the foundation that got you to be this kind of coach today that where you can hear you could see you know like what are those things that you fall back on for me like when i talk about like when i talk about music for me i always talk about the early days of learning how to write songs and it became like this Mm -hmm. thing where i was just you know I guess just doing church music for so long, you, you look at song structure over and over again, that it becomes drilled in you. So that to me, I always fall back on. Can you give me one of those kind of like foundational things for you? Yeah. I mean, for me starting out, I was, um, you know, mainly playing like metal, you know, as a drummer, but gradually learned the other instruments, mostly in a metal scenario or, you know, hardcore in that sense. And then, you know, later on in high school started, going off into more uh, you know I guess traditional styles of music stuff that you would hear more of to try to build up my chops essentially so knowing enough about different instruments with like you know at least a couple different genres under my belt helped a lot when trying to give insight on you know an idea that I was trying to pitch or maybe an idea that the band had that I was trying to improve on or you know just getting uh, communicating that's the the big deal but the other one is knowing that I've, you know, kind of been into just sound for, you know, the last 20 years or so. It's really trained me to, to just listen differently. You know, there's there's times when I can just listen to a song and great, it's a song, I hear it, that's just for listening pleasure. But there are times where I listen and it's it's work. You're analyzing everything. You're seeing why this song is more popular than others, what elements about it are making it work and which ones do you think are taking away from what you know they're trying to get across and just analyzing like that all the time it's something that you can practice every day it's every time you listen to music that's incredible man that's that's a that's a producer's brain right there what you just said right now just totally (laughs) wow but i mean that's that's the stuff that interests me you know it, it that's fun in my opinion so Nick, when you were, when you were working on this project, right, you, you talked you, you talked about like seeing, feeling that maybe your like your people had a different skill level that may have been more impressive than yours as you're writing that project. What were some of the things that you counted on? Like, as like the, as like the, the talent or the, you know, part of the creator, what were some of the things that you counted on as far as like that? I don't want to say encourage you, but what are some of the tools that you use to help sort of compensate? Cause that's what I do. I always feel like I lack in some areas. So I try to find tools to compensate. What were your things as a writer, as an artist 
that you used to sort of get you to that, you know, that place where you thought that this is, this is okay. This is presentable. I know you just like tossing feedback to Pat all the time. Was it, you know, can you give me like a, what was it for you that made your project feel okay? Cause I could always be like self-conscious about my stuff. Uh, I'd say for sure. I mean, <clears throat> the, the, the best tool that you, that I had was the other guys in the band. You know what I mean? Like every, cause for me, <clears throat> It, it was my first time ever singing on, on a, a recording or anything. So I was already self-conscious about everything that was coming out of my mouth. The other thing is that I've never really been a super, you know, technically proficient guitar player. I'm pretty meat and potatoes kind of guy, right? So I, <clears throat> I kind of uh, thrive in the role of being like the, the framework of the building. And then I just kind of let everyone else fill it in. Yeah. I'm like, oh, perfect. Alex, you know, Alex came in and, and pretty much, you know, every, every, everything that every guitar part on that, on that record that Alex did, I, I'm like, I couldn't imagine it without it. Yeah. Like if I play those songs, if I play those songs by myself on just like an acoustic guitar, I'm like, oh, I can hear Alex's parts in my head because it's weird to not have them. Wow. And the same thing goes with, with Daniel and Junior's parts too. It's just like, I feel like we complement each other and we were all on the same page and we were all kind of thinking the same thing. And, and, you know, we were, we've been friends and we were, are such good friends for so long now that it's like, as far as criticism and stuff goes, if, if there were parts that we thought were not as good as they could have been, or we, someone had a better idea, a different idea, especially between me, Alex and Pat, I mean, you know, we were, even if we were hard-headed or stubborn about it and I was like, no, I don't like that. That's not a good idea. They'd show me it anyway and, be, and I'd, you know, be like, okay, shit, you're right. It is good. Or yeah, it is better than what we had. We would do that a lot where we would just say, well, let's just try it. Let's just try it. We'll try yeah, it. Don't yeah. try it. And then eventually, you know, Nick or, you know, Alex sometimes would give in. And then everyone hears it and says, oh, wow. That's you were right. Or, you know, yeah. We never, we never yeah. knew that it could be like that. Yeah. And you know that that's how a lot of the ideas would, if they weren't home runs right at the pitch, we would at least you know be able to give them an attempt. Yeah. And that's really where we get you know some of the good inspiration came that way. So, you know, you talked yep. to you, you guys both sort of talked about this. You know, Pat, you mentioned you know like listening to what what is hot like looking for those things that what works in the song why is this song a hitter like why is this why is this you know why is this chorus you know just banging you know like you you have the ear for that right you're looking for it you're studying how the music is working and how people are enjoying it you know you're looking for these little pieces of it nick what what when you were writing and that when you were doing the writing process was that a part of your sort of like flow is too like your flow like when you were writing were you incorporating those thoughts too or is that something that you try to reflect it off of you try to pick pat's brain for that for sure pat for sure not the other way i pretty much like you know the writing process for me is literally a lot of the time it's i'll come up i'll come up with a riff or something while playing something else right it's not like i'm like oh man it would probably be sick if i do the same thing that movements does or you know, balancing composure. They do this really cool thing, and I'm going to try and emulate that. I've never done that. I've never been able to do that. You know, it's always just been like, I'll be playing something, whether I'm just like, you know, playing by myself or, you know, noodling around. And, you know, I, you just, 
mess around on the guitar long enough you you hit something on accident you're like oh that's kind of cool and then you just kind of you know you mess around until you come up with a riff and then i mean a lot of the time if for uh, for a lot of like riff based music which is a lot of what rock and roll music is like once you come up with the riff you're gold like everything else just kind of falls into place if you come up with a sick riff that's the hardest thing that's like it's like coming up with a hook or like the chorus for like yeah. a you know a, another song if you come up with a sick hook or a sick chorus guess what the rest of the song is easy yeah, yeah. you you've done the hardest part the, the chorus yeah. that's what people are going to remember right that's what gets people like oh shit he did he just did that you yeah. know yeah so yeah. if you come up with that once you have the riff it's like okay i can fill in everything else and and you know it's, it, it may not come immediately <clears throat> but it's definitely easier to come up with the rest of it once you have a general idea of where the song needs to go yeah you know I think, and, and i think that's such a guitarist way of thinking of it too probably it isn't wrong it's not i mean that you definitely said it right i mean that seems to be how all those songs came out and that you know it sounds good they all built off the riffs that you were playing the vocals fit with um you know your main idea with the songs and everything and everything else that came from it was kind of like icing on the cake so you just had a lot of nice icing on that cake yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's a talent right you look for the talents the icing you're like yes you can see the talent like this is one thing nick you got to play you got to play with uh, another talented guy uh kyle um just super rock star like musician very technical that's like when you get to play with somebody with a skill that's like super proficient in what they do like you just throw them anywhere. You're like, oh, we could do this, do this, do this, do this. Then you're like, you know, paint, paint the world for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of the, the sort of the, the thing that happens for you as a producer, Pat, like what's your thing when you come across, like when you, do you get excited when you see that? Like, like someone like Daniel and junior who are just able to execute, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you, is that sort of your reaction to that? Usually it's, it's a good thing, you know, with everyone there's, um, and this isn't like anyone in particular, I've just worked with enough people to know that, you know, when someone knows they're good, they're oh, okay. a lot less open to explore new ideas because, you know, they have the ideas. They are the idea makers. And I totally understand that. <laughs> you don't ever want to give anyone too much pushback. But I do like the give and take. I like being able to give ideas, get criticism, and kind of go through that entire circle, you know. Yeah, I wish I had that. I wish I, I wish I had, I wish I had practiced more <clears throat> when I was growing up to be able to do that. Yeah, those are like kid chops. Do you know what, what I'm Kyle saying? does? No, the, dude, it's unbelievable. It's unreal. Oh yeah, it's Kyle. not even fair. Kyle's not even. I haven't seen or talked to that guy in a long time, but I mean, he was, you know, twenty, twenty-one when we recorded the Fur Drive album. Like twenty, oh, probably, he, maybe he nineteen. No, he, he was way younger than that. <clears throat> he was in college. He was, he was like in 19. College, he was like 19. Okay, maybe 20. Maybe 20. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Maybe 20. I think he was going to San Francisco. Yeah, dude, he shredded all over that album. It's fucking he made ridiculous. That recording for the lead guitar extremely easy. That's yeah. so messed up. The only thing we struggled with was tone because that was my first time recording electric guitar ever. It's even worse when he does it so easily, like live. He, oh, we're yeah. like playing anytime we played shows and stuff and it's like oh here comes here comes kyle solo what's he gonna identical. do this time improvises every time 
Oh, <clears throat> like, I, I'm talking about like the leads that he was doing. They were like, oh, improvise those play. two, improvise yeah, those on two the, on the recording, and then yeah, learned how to play them, and they were like, yeah, identical. It's not fair. Them. It's not fair. Yeah, we play live, I mean, and he's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna play this, and Kyle's just over here on the side, like absolutely destroying this poor Gibson, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> what is this? How did? I'm like cannot relate at all. I'm like I can barely play power chords. Like I think, but you have to like on, don't, dude. don't don't I mean don't 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 count yourself short, right? Like he kind of like he kind of came up in the right the right place in the right time, right? Like he was like he was like my brother's age, you know, a little bit younger than us, and like had like that three or four year sort of like holy smokes that looks sick. Let me do that. You know what I'm saying? Like he had that little bit of inspiration younger. You know what I'm saying? Like to like he was in the right place. Hey, you know what? All these kids want to play guitar because they're <clears throat> no, because him and I think he's I think he's three years younger than me. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I was his I was his TA for his freshman year English class. <clears throat> Granted, I already knew him from from Luke, right? Yeah. And like, dude, I swear this kid like, it's so funny because I think back on it, I'm like, yo, I wonder, I wonder if I if you and I indirectly created this monster because well, who knows if he would have taken it so seriously if it wasn't for you and me and luke dude you know, <clears> know what man. i mean who knows well, that's, that's <clears> what i'm saying he was, he's he's in an the... og in los banos too he played at smoothie king yes yes yeah. he is like he's he's like seven years younger than you eight years younger than you and he played at smoothie king as like a 13 year old yeah exactly like that like you know what i mean like and they played they were covering our songs and they did better. They Do you remember better. that? Yeah, they, they were covering. They were covering like Tiger Lily and stuff. And I was like, "This is nuts." Yeah, this kid's like four years, three years younger than me. He's better than me at the song we wrote. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, <laughs> "This is, dude." That's my younger brother's band played my song better. You know, than than we. Yeah, did. than me. That's yeah. oh, that rough. <laughs> that's crazy. That's rough, dude. Yeah, some people are just you know it's all right though. We we led the way, okay. We yeah. lit we lit the you know the lamps. We're like, hey, follow this path, and they did, and they were just better than us. That's okay. I'll take yeah. that. You if he ever wins of... a Grammy, I'm telling just, people. <laughs> pretty much what happened was like this is what happened it was like like we lit a match, but like Los Banos was like the gasoline on the fire. Was you know what I'm saying like. That was just the right place in the right time because, like Pat, you were there. You're an OG LB musician. You were writing music, and like I mean, I love music, and I'm passionate about talking about that part of my life because it's a life thing for me. You know, I can't get away from music. I'm I'm volunteering for my church just because I love to do music. I'm here talking about music on the podcast. You know, so I mean, you've been around doing that. Like, isn't there? Can you talk about that, like growing up, like that having that sort of environment to help foster this sort of creativity? Well, you know, I had kind of mentioned when I when I started, it was, you know, a, a metal scene or a hardcore yeah. scene. Maybe it was starting to get there, and you know, the environment that I was thrown in was a little. I don't know. Maybe it was a little different. I mean, everybody knew everybody, but you know, only a couple people were friends. They were all into the same kind of stuff, but they all, you know, kind of hated being around each other. But they would all <laughs> willingly be around each other and, uh, you know, share this bond over music, which ended, I mean, it ended up being like this surprisingly cool community that yeah. just made me want to keep getting better. We would meet with other bands and like 
fill in for a guitarist or fill in for a drummer, you know, and they would do the same thing for us. And then it almost kind of turned into like friendly competition, you know, and uh, that, you know, friendly competition always pushes you to do better or do more, you know, get faster in, in the sense of like metal and like death metal and things. Yeah. And I don't know. And then kind of switching genres was a little not unheard of back then around town, but I mean, it wasn't really, you know, if you, if you played metal, you were the metal guy. You, that's what you do. You know, if you were the hardcore guy. You played hardcore and that's what you do. If you played the indie or emo type of music, that was your, your thing. But being able to go around and kind of mingle with all the groups was really uh, insightful, honestly. Like yeah. you get to see all these different approaches to music. That's true, man. That's true. I would, I, I remember I would watch you guys when I remember the first time I ever seen you guys play when I first, when I seen first was the first time I seen first was chaos. Oh, <laughs> I mean, Spectre. Spectre. I didn't know my Spectre. That was a startup. Was Nobody mentions the startup, right? I was right? at the first show. I was at the very first Hot Dog Heaven show for Spectre. Oh, Nick, I have a cassette <clears throat> video recorder that definitely has your face on it in that crowd from that first yeah show. i was there bro i'm telling you i was there <laughs> hey zach oh. hey hey you know junior junior just told me junior just texted me the other day a picture of the ivan the terrible ep that he has oh, oh yeah 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 he said i, yeah, I yeah. have not listened to that i want to i need to get that from them because i want to hear i know oh, pick also, it up dude think, we need to put it online i think oh god and we're both in that same crowd by the way they may have been. After I don't remember who I went with, but it—I I don't remember who I went with, but it was, may have been them. Yeah, that's crazy. That was. But I was definitely the first there. Hot dog heaven show. That. I was that there. Was crazy. Historic. Yeah. History wow. in the making. Wow, that's that's crazy, man. <laughs> Dude, some of that footage is on YouTube. You can YouTube Hot Dog Heaven, and it's it's just oh. up there, just like local bands. Just couple. I think a couple oh, of you, God, Pat. I think I there might be a couple of you that. there too. I know there's a there's the Cassius ones are up there back from the Deathcore days. No, oh my goodness. Oh boy. Yeah. I don't want to hear about that. Yeah, we'll skip it. We were children. We were children, right? It's okay. <laughs> you were we a kid. Fun. What are you talking about? You were like Justin say, Bieber's age. You know what I'm saying? Like when he got discovered. So I mean, like Pat, you were probably well. Okay, you are you as old as Nick? No, I'm. Yeah. I'm, uh, well, no, we're the same year. I'm a year younger. No, you're not. Well, you're yeah, born in yeah. 92. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Yes, 92. Technically, we're a different grade year, but we're born in the same year. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But that's still yeah. the same thing. We're the same age. You're, we're both 28 years old right now. Do you guys ever think oh, about the... Do you guys ever think about the... Uh, just the, the weird, like, um, sort of, like, phenomenon that we sort of experience with the whole entire like MySpace thing back in the day. Like you, you I mean, I would talk about like saving, <laughs> like this is the th- kind of stuff that like, I guess like there's a thing called the way back machine that you can use on the internet. I haven't used it yet, but, um, and there's also Sounds somebody terrifying. I know it does sound terrifying. Yeah, so I don't know. know, Nick, you said that you just seen, you just seen like our, one of our other boys sent us a picture of a project that we did when we were younger but I wonder because there is a whole entire project that me and you lost, that you and I lost, Nick, on Facebook. Blue I mean, and on Dew. MySpace. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then that project turned into another one called Velcro by design. What we lost, that was like our childhood, like, you know, like beginning, like roots of what music was for us, you know, and that, I don't know if I, I want people to hear that. I don't know if I want people to hear it either, but I, I just definitely want to see what my brain was like thinking about, you know what I'm saying? Like, what was I putting down on like the recording? You know what I'm saying? That's what, that's what I'm interested in. Yeah. I mean, that's why I podcast now, you know, it's kind of like a diary for me to like timestamp you know, dates and times and what better way to do it than invite my friends on the show, have a chat with them, you know? <laughs> um, so speaking of that, uh, speaking about past projects and stuff, Pat, can you talk to me a bit, maybe a little bit about, um, some of the things that the projects that maybe tell me the difference between what a project is that, you know, like Nick's where you have fun with and you get to learn on, tell me about how that works in comparison to a project that you're just like, okay, this is something that's just work now. And I don't want to be here because, you know, I know you and Nick are friends, but the, 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 the creative process was fun for you to, on the, at the end of the day, right. Yeah. Putting together his project talking to, on the other hand, like what, what does that look like for somebody that might be a little difficult? Well, the difficult you know, is, is kind of more on the communication side of things. If they can't communicate, then it, th there's the first and main issue, you know? Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of the times I'm really adaptable to pretty much any situation with most people, but if they're not upfront with me about what it is they want, then I can't give them what they want. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the sense that like, um, like there's, a couple instances where it's uh, people saying, Hey, I want to put out this four song project. So let's record these four songs. And we finish most of the four songs, right? Maybe two of them aren't complete, complete. They need a little bit of additions or maybe they want a guest on it or something. Now, while those four songs are still incomplete, they want progress reports on the four songs. Well, yeah. They're not done yet. And if they're continuously asking me about, you know, well, what about the two? It makes me think, are these going out as a project? Are they going out one at a time? They're not being clear with me about that. It just makes me have to try to predict what they're thinking, which ultimately, you know, isn't going to give them exactly what they're wanting. You know, if right. they, they want two songs first, put out the two songs or, you know. Or if they wanted to add something extra, but they never said that they wanted to add something extra. I wouldn't have ever known that, you know? Yeah. So if they can't communicate with me, that's usually the sign of a quote unquote bad project. Right. But in terms of, you know, let's say with Nick and the guys or any other group that I've done really well with, it's always been because we can talk freely mm -hmm. and everything seems like it's not as much work as it is jam time. Yeah. You know, or maybe even a little bit of a more intense practice than usual. Yeah. And, you know, if you can make it feel like that, then, I mean, everything else is downhill. It's easy because the band knows the songs. You can listen to them. You can make them hear things that maybe they didn't hear before or hear them in a different light. And that all comes from communication. That's, I like, that's a, that's a really good answer. I like we said that, that how you, how you, you know, how you broke that down, Nick, on your side of the, on your side of the project, 
what, what, you know, what are some of the things that you felt that you need to communicate artistically? Like, you know, how, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out like for someone who's trying, I really want to like help somebody who's trying to produce a project right now. Whoever's out there, if they're listening to this, they're hearing our conversation, artist and producer, your guys' relationship. And, you know, maybe our conversation might help them facilitate better communication between their producer or the producer through the artist. You know what I'm saying? So for your side of it as an artist, talking about communicating, what are the things that in order for you to focus in or to actually get to, to, to synthesize your vision as an artist, what are the things that you needed to communicate or the things that you highly recommend people to focus on to communicate across to the producer or to their team? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that the biggest, like before you even pick who is going to be your producer, I mean, you got to know the person or get like reviews or talk to somebody who knows this guy or like even before you sit down in the studio, go out and hang out or something like that. Because I feel like before you even get involved with somebody, you should know the vibes ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you go into the studio with somebody who is like, oh, this guy does his all of his, his stuff sounds really good. OK, yeah. But I mean, he he you know, you may not vibe with him the same way that the other guys did and that's going to end up being heard on your music yeah you know what i mean on a personal level even even if pat hates the music that i'm playing if me and pat are you know hanging out like we can we're done recording for the day and we just chill and drink and that's gonna ultimately you know you have to have that sort of relation with the producer otherwise i'm gonna be able to be honest with you you know what I mean? Yeah. Honesty, or not even honestly, it's just a paid gig to him, and he doesn't really give a shit about the music. He may not give you, you know, he may have ideas that he's like, ah, I don't want to waste this guy's time. I'm just trying yeah. to get this out of the studio. You know, so I think that's the biggest thing is just making sure that whoever you're working with is the right guy. Don't just work with some dude because he's available and he's cheap. Yeah. You know what I mean? If Pat, yeah. Pat costs me $1,000 or Pat costs me $10,000, I, I mean, Regardless if I had the money available, if I, you know, knowing Pat and how how our relationship is, I would pick Pat no matter what. And that was the other thing going with what he said. Don't, like, sometimes even just going with someone based off their credentials isn't, you know, the only route or the only thing that you should consider. Like he said, hanging out with someone and kind of getting an idea how they're going to be while you're in the studio yeah. or even how they're going to try to talk to you you know that that'll tell you a lot it'll tell you a ton about you know who they are and what they're going to bring and whether they're going to bring you know kind of like dictator like ideas or are they going to be open to you know suggestions of the bands too yeah and you know without I completely without agree take, without a give and take i mean you're not even giving the band a chance to breathe that it's not the band anymore, you know? Yeah. Nope. Wow. That was good. Stuff, I agree. hundred percent. That was, that was, <laughs> yeah, that's, that was... The, that's, that's it, man. That's the secret. doesn't matter how, if he has the, you know, if he's, if, he, if the guy's also your engineer too, like doesn't matter if he's got the best recording studio on the planet. If he, you know, if he, you guys don't go together, you're not meshing well, then don't waste your time or money. 
It, exactly. It is just going to lead to a headache on both, you know, both people's ankles. Or, or a headache or just not realizing the full potential of the material. Yeah. That too. Wow, man. Dude, that was a really good answer, man. Who's that? If, man, if listeners out <laughs> You're there welcome. working on a creative project, listen to that. You know, before you spill your beans and invest in someone to help you like create it and launch it to the next level, like a, a studio or a producer, you know, um, listen to that, you know, get to know the person yeah. because it's true. Cause like you, like you said, like it, it's, it has to be like a, it's a two party system here. Like if I do good work as like a studio engineer and I'm invested into this project, it's going to like, it's going to show in the work if I'm invested, because then you take the time to actually look through and give your best to serve that project. Right. You go above and beyond. Yeah. If you believe in it, if exactly. you're just doing it for money, then you're just going to do what you do and, and do it. You know what I mean? But if you truly listen to it and you're like, wow, this actually, I, I stand behind this. You're going to spend the extra time trying different things or, or just, you know, your brain is going to be moving and thinking, Hey, this is, this is probably not a bad idea. You yeah. know? Yeah. You know, I've I've had people that have worked with me like just on the recording side that go to a different mixing engineer because they have good credentials and that's that makes sense, right? On paper that sounds right. But when they come back you can hear that there's not a lot tastefully done. Like the engineer on the other side may have put a uh, like a template on the yeah. side. And made it kind of like a cookie cutter thing. Like, oh, I've done this before. I know it'll sound good. Let's just finish it quick. Send it out. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're only going based off credentials, then in theory, that should sound great. Right. But when yeah. you get it back and it doesn't sound great. But this guy's worked with big people. Why is he not amazing? Well, because he wasn't invested in the project. Exactly. And, you know, if you, if you would have kind of taken the time to get to know the guy. And just see if you're gonna vibe, if you'll mesh, things would have came out a little differently, right? And so I think for for Nick and I, we just had that benefit of being friends already, you know, and yeah. just kind of taking a very heavy interest in just slightly different paths and music, you know, the writing versus the producing. They're two sides of the same coin, you know. Yeah. So we we kind of just got lucky that that's what we both ended up being interested in after growing up or growing up. Yeah, I totally agree, man. Yep. That's the move right there. Good, good, good stuff. That. <laughs> yeah. That's smart. Smart, man. The smartest man I know. Shit. Hey man. So we're coming up on the, we're coming hey, up on hey, that. Uh... Hey, I is just that... want to give a quick shout out. I just want to give a quick shout out. Yo, Pat is the number one Anelva operator at Western digital. Now <laughs> that's my boy. That's my boy now. Yeah, we're yeah. all the fraternity of former or current Western Digital <laughs> employees. Is that what's now. happening? Are you serious? No. Yeah, yeah. bro. Pat's uh, over there now for a second too, dude. He got he got permanent faster than you, bro. Dude, really? I made it in like three months. What? What'd you do? He did in two. <laughs> no. Wow. Yeah. Dude. That's that's like me, bro. That's like how fast wow. like me and Junior did it. Yeah, you want that's know a flex, I dude. I made a big old mistake right at the beginning. <laughs> Scrapped like eleven wafers the first week. Spent the yeah. rest of my time trying to make up for it. Oh, oh man, dude. Hey, let me tell you what, dude. If I end up back at WD, I ain't gonna be on the line. I'll tell you that much. That's, I ain't about to be a janitor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you about to be refilling the soda machines <laughs> yeah dude heck yeah man i'll be chilling around <laughs> oh, I, I am not shit. trying to suit hey, up bro hey you can suit up the soda machine guys the soda machine guys are chilling out there smoking cigarettes all day long I, okay, I got a bone to pick with WD, although, you know, I do use a lot of the products already because I do have a bunch of drives. Hey, careful, bro. Things. Careful, bro. I'm employed. We're both employed. I can't I know. I know. Else. But this is, this is, this company deals with like some of the most like modern technology and some of like the most state of the art technology, but they can't get their soda machines to work or their coffee machine to work. And you know that's true. Okay. Yeah. They have some of the greatest engineers that, you know, universities across the country have been able to produce and they cannot fix the their world, soda bro, The world, bro. The world. The world. You're yeah. talking about the greatest universe hey you know what but the soda machines in the buildings where all the hot shots are definitely work that's true <laughs> that's us awesome. us low lives in the salt mines dog our machines are like held together with bubble gum and duct tape like oh my god yeah they'll tell you we accept cards so you put your card on there and they're like we don't accept cards and then they stole your identity too at the same time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> They're like, hey, you ain't getting that cherry coke and I'm buying Amazon with oh, your man, number. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh man. Hey yeah, guys, well cool. we right. we're hitting that we're gonna about to, we're about to hit that hour mark right here. So I'm gonna I wanna wrap it up. I think we got a lot, a lot of good a lot of good nuggets here for the listeners. For those of you guys out there that are creatives that wanna put together a project, this is your episode, man listen to this over and over again you're getting really good perspectives from these two guys here um before we sign off guys any last words any last shout outs oh man that's a hard one <laughs> if you uh, like it keep doing it uh shit i ain't got nothing that's i'm it. trying not to be controversial i'm trying not to be controversial wear a mask that's it get your I'm vaccine good, get your vaccine guy. Go Sharks. Shark City, baby. Um, what else? Oh, man. Yeah, that's about it. All right, man. Well, hey, I'm glad to have you guys hey, on the call today. Hey, Junior texted me, just FYI, trying to hang out. So, yo. Hey, Pat, what are you doing today? Pat, what are you doing after yes. this? Tell him to yeah, get some bonus content, hey, right? Hey, okay, because Jake's coming over. Oh, perfect. Yeah, with some Michelob Ultras. All right, we'll, we'll talk about this after. <laughs> yeah, just right. text me. Hey, if you hang out with Junior, go take him to go get a burrito and tell him to film it, all right? That's all you got to do. <laughs> nah, probably not going to do I just took him to get tacos like three weeks ago. He didn't film it. Oh, my God. Wow. We went got burrito tacos. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to the Average Fells podcast. Once again, drop by our website, www.averagefells.com. You can check out the coffee subscription we got there. Or if you need um, a website, check us out. We build websites as well. Um, there's a few uh, a few things there for you guys to uh, to check out on the website for graphic design and, uh, and other things too. So thank you for listening to the episode, www.averagefells.com. Check us out. Anyways, peace and love. Awesome. <laughs>